everybody. Welcome to Taproot Conversations. I'm Dr. Nicole Bonner. I've been a chiropractor for 20 years. And I am Dr. John D'Ambrosio. I've been a chiropractor for about 28 years. And we are here with the Dooley, Dr. Brian Dooley. Brian, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm the young person. I've only been a chiropractor for 15 years. So I, gradu I graduated Sherman College in 2005. So it was about my ninth, I don't know, seventh, ninth different career. Uh, but this one seems to have stuck. Nice. Wow. And I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I graduated Clemson University in 1994 with a degree in political science. And what that means is everybody wants you on their team for trivial pursuit. And you're going to go back to school in something. And so um, I built sets for TV commercials and movies, worked for Atlanta Braves, worked in radio and some other ventures. And then I found chiropractic uh, about, I think the first visit I ever had was in 19, uh, 1999. Awesome. I, I'm just curious, what brought you to chiropractic? Um, working in... Uh, the corporate sector after a while, a couple of layoffs, I kind of decided, you know what, I want to be, I want to sink or swim on my own merit. And I was driving by a chiropractor's office nearby. And I thought, well, I can do that. Cause what do they do? Go to school for six, nine months. And then you're a doctor. <laughs> and I mean, how, so uh, my wife was all for it. And uh, about that time, something called the internet was coming in to be very popular <laughs> So I looked up chiropractic schools in the United States and the first one to come up was Palmer College. And without knowing any of the history, my first thought was, why would anybody want to go to school in Iowa? And then, then came up uh, Life University. My wife and I lived in Atlanta for a couple of years, so we knew about life. So we started with the idea that maybe I would go back and forth to school because we liked the area we were in. And my daughter was Oh, gosh, you would have been about uh, two or three at this point. And then uh, I saw a number three was a little school in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And my wife is from Gaffney, South Carolina, which if you're a House of Cards fan, uh, that's the place with the big peach. And so, she, which is not far from Spartanburg. So I said, did you know that there's a school in Spartanburg? She said, no. I'm like, well, there is. And so I went up to their version of what we now call Sherman Showcase and Dr. David Koch was the first person to speak, and he told me all about innate intelligence. And, and I was hook, line, and sinker right about then. Awesome. That's great. So what was your experience like once you got into school, especially compared to, you know, you've, you've been to school before for political science. How did everything differ? What was, how was the climate, the student body? How did things kind of hit you? Well, the student body was a lot younger than I was. So I started school if it was 2002. So I would have been, uh, um, what, 31 or so at that point. So I was probably about seven years older, seven to 10 years older than most everybody. Um, it was different being back into school because I was out of school for about seven or eight years before I got back into it. So having to learn how to study again and all that, my situation was where my wife and my daughter and I were living at the time, we were an hour away from school. So I would drive up an hour, I would do school and I'd drive back an hour. So it, it, it hit me pretty good. I had to do a lot of work because I knew just two hours I was gonna lose just being in the car every day. 
And so what was handy, I think right. a lot of the little things maybe that, that I see students today um, bother them, uh, that stuff was like, that's small potatoes, I'm just not gonna worry about that. So, so I think my maturity level, as much as mine actually is, I think it helped me um, deal with school because I was an older student. Yeah, you know, they, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, is there anything that you would have done differently? And if so, what? I think, uh, number one, I wouldn't have worried about straight A's. I probably put a lot more attention. Not that any class is not important. They're all important. And you definitely want to pass them. But being okay with your best effort might be a C. As long as it passes, move on. Because what I found was I was so bound and determined to get A's that I didn't do a lot of club stuff. And so if I had something to do over again, I would relax on trying to get A's in basic sciences. And again, not that that's important, but you only have so much time in the day. Right. And I wish I would have gotten my hands involved in a lot more clubs because then why um, you're building a bigger foundation. You're also getting your hands on more and more and more people. And I think one of the biggest things I watch with students, so I was in spinal exam review, was they're not artists yet. They've learned the mm. basics. They had that class a while ago, but if they've been keeping their hands on things um, all along, uh, they'd be further and, and ready to go. So probably that's the biggest thing is do, to do more club stuff at school and just not worry about the grades other than I need to do my best and pass and move on. Brian, that's when great. you say, yeah, that's great advice. When you say club stuff, you mean like adjust, adjusting clubs, just getting your Well, at, at Sherman, we don't have adjusting clubs. So what it would be, though, there's palpation club. Then there's the mm -hmm. various technique clubs. So you would do a Gunstead setup, a Thompson setup, um, knee chest. I mean, whatever the club is. So it would be basically getting your hands on people um, in all the different ways and learning these setups and, 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 and um, refining your palpation uh, as far as your touch. And so that's, yeah, that's what I'm meaning as far as that. I love now, that. Let's fast forward to graduation now. You've gotten through school. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest thing you think you've done since graduation to help you as a chiropractor as far as being a professional, being successful, uh, something that kind of hit you like, wow, this is what I, I really needed to do. I wish I did it sooner. I'm glad I did it when I did it. Uh, probably it was uh, a couple of things, maybe. One was, was like really finding my personal why. And I would go to school and there was a lot of great mentors would come in and out of Sherman. I'd be like, wow, that's a cool person to follow. And um, I would, so I'd call them up or send them a, a, this thing called an email. And so I would send them up and say, hey, can we chat? And they always asked me why I wanted to be a chiropractor. And I always said to help people. And they're always like, well, that's not good enough. Okay, well, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> and, and I kind of sort of understand it. So then I had the opportunity, I was asked that same question. This is probably about four or five years ago. So even not that long ago, but maybe longer than that. Um, and I'm on the phone with, with somebody and my wife's in the room. It was a conference call. And, and he says, he says, well, what is your why? Well, that was my, I said, well, my answer's always been, but I get the feeling that that's not the right answer. And he says, well, not necessarily. Let's explore it. And he said, when's the happiest you've ever been in your life? 
And I immediately thought, well, this has to involve the wife and the kids, especially because my wife was sitting right there. And I had blank. I'm like, this is not good. So I'm sweating on the inside because she's probably just right staring at me waiting for the answer and i got rescued a bit because he said it doesn't have to involve your wife and your kids and so oh thank god on the inside i didn't say that out loud but then but he said well we'll get back to that so we were doing some other stuff on the phone call and then it hit me that my wife and i were in uh mexico several years ago or 10 years ago about now on vacation and and what I noticed that day was that was like the first vacation she and I took just by ourselves in our at then time about 15 years of marriage because we always went with other people. And everybody knows when you move your family from here to the beach, it's still the same craziness because you add in all your, 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 your uh, you know, parents and siblings and all that stuff. So that's not a vacation. So we went and there was this place, it's called Acumal, Mexico, and they have this amazing snorkeling area. And so I'm snorkeling around and I noticed that she was sitting on a, a, a tree branch or like, there wasn't even a bench there, just sitting on like a, like a log. And I said, are you done? And she said, yeah, I think I'm done. And I said, well, hmm, I'm not. And, I, and she's like, well, keep going. I was like, I think I'm going to be here for like an hour. And she goes, oh, I'll wait. And I mean, as awesome as I look, I don't know who wants to sit, watch my fat acetabulum swim around for an hour. <laughs> And I said, listen, just go back because we were the, the little condo that we had was not even a quarter mile. I said, just walk, you know, go, go to the beach, bring your book, go enjoy yourself. Oh, you wouldn't mind if I do that. I said, no, I mean, you go do what you're doing. I'm going to go do what I'm doing. And so through that, what we were able to determine was that whole week, we ended up doing whatever each of us wanted to do. A lot of that was together because we were on vacation together. But it was like, if she wanted to go read, she went and read. If she wanted to, to go for a walk, she went for a walk. And, and my job was like, yeah, you go do it versus, oh, you got to sit by me all the time and blah, 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 dutiful right. wife. But what we figured out through that was that my why is that I love for the people that I love to do the things they love to do. And so I can do that as a, as a chiropractor because you do have love for your patients. And I love seeing them tell me the changes. Tell me what's good. And I love seeing them do that stuff. So all the classic stuff, I can, I can play with the grandkids. I can go fishing. I can, uh, I can go snow tubing. I can, you know, you name it. And so I get real excited about that. As a teacher, I get real excited about it because I love seeing the students create their practices. I can do that as a parent because my daughter was a pretty good soccer player. So I loved going to practice. I wasn't one to drop her off. Um, I wasn't, I was, a, I was not a soccer player, so I wasn't living through her. It was just fun watching her do what she loved to do the most. Mm -hmm. And then same thing with my son. And then I can also certainly do that as a husband, because when uh, I, I watch my wife do the things that make her happy, which don't necessarily involve me. So she likes to paint, do these other things. That's where I get really excited. So having that deep seated why, because why do I get up in the morning and still drive an hour back and forth? Um, why do you deal with the grading? Why do you deal with practice? Why do you deal with all those things? Because it's that important to me. And, and so because I have that why, all the work that I do, it's not really work. It's just what I'm going to do to create whatever legacy I'm going to create. That's huge. It is. You know, the word that stood out for me the most, Doc, is love. Mm. And someone once told me, that your practice is only as big as how many people you can love in a day. Right. Cool. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing because through that, I've gotten so much out of it. I mean, it's it's having a, a well-defined why that's through love because it makes it real easy. I'm going to do something or I'm not going to do something. If it fulfills it, I do. If it doesn't, I don't. And and it it just simplifies my day. And and it's easier for me mm-hmm. to uh, to be disciplined. I'm a bit of a squirrel person, so I notice. <laughs> everything that's going on. So it's easy for me to stay on focus because I, this is the purpose that I'm serving. Awesome. That's great. Brian, did you open um, a practice right away out of chiropractic school or did you associate for? I, I associated. So in my town, uh, I was actually where I'm at now and, and I'm, I am private practice now, but I did associate here in the beginning. Uh, my wife's uncle was going to um, a, a, another doc. And so she had said, well, we want a job just to let him know. And so let her know. And so I did. Um, I associated there for two years and it probably went uh, like most associateships go. I think a lot of times, or at least maybe what people think you go about two years and you're ready to be on your own. Um, so I would argue, I don't have it because which one would you do coming out of school? Um if you can afford it or you're comfortable maybe living a little leaner in the beginning, go for it. Just open your own place and go. Um, have a good group of people that you can rely on. So whether it's a coaching company or whatever your tribe is, you're going to need a tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big thing was, big step was being involved with lots of groups. So I have support all over the place with what I'm trying to do. When I initially started practice, I did very little with other groups. I did as much as I needed to do to get my continuing education up at Sherman every year. Other than that, I didn't really cohabitate with other groups. And uh, the internet makes it so easy now uh, to do that, to have resources. But where I, I, net, I didn't put a lot of work into my associateship thought because it was super comfortable. It was already where I was living. Um, we went in and that was that. We did have philosophical differences. So after about two years, that got to be a problem. And I would say at the end of the day, it was probably 50-50 of uh, the reason it probably wasn't the most rewarding for either one of us. Um, but I think it's turned out okay. Now, looking back on that experience, if a student said, you know, I really feel like I need to associate because I want to get the experience, what would you recommend based on what you went through they look for in an associateship? Number one, don't necessarily go to the one that's most comfortable. You don't necessarily have to go to your chiropractor at home. So you want to find a chiropractor or a mentor, I should say, as a mentoring DC, one that's going to practice as close to the way that you're going to practice. And by that, so so what type of technique, what is their philosophies, uh, you know, how is the office set up, all that type of stuff. And it's okay because a lot of people think, well, let me go mentor and then I'll open up 3.5 miles away because that's what the non-compete clause says. And then we're going to get ready to go. Not necessarily. So there's nothing wrong with going out to Colorado because this is the type of office that I want to bring to New Jersey. And so mm-hmm. then you can come back, hope, you know, within all the stuff that, you know, our state board say we have to do. Um, but, but go find the person who's most aligned with how you want to practice and, and study. And then just be okay with, yeah, then I'm, you know, bank some money and then go wherever else you're going to go and, and just knock it out. And I think a lot of people go to what's comfortable because it's comfortable. So 
be okay with thinking uncomfortable. So think about where your favorite places are that you visited. Uh, did they have a beach? Did they have a mountain? Did they have a lake? Did they have an ocean? Uh, you know, was it hiking trails? Was it a desert? I mean, whatever it was, boy, the best time in my life was spent here. Well, then go practice someplace like that. Mm -hmm. Find a chiropractor that matches you as far as uh, philosophy and how you're going to practice and listen to what they say. Awesome. Awesome. God, I have so many questions for you <laughs> because you have so many great nuggets here. Um, so if there's obviously going to be students listening to this. So you were talking about getting involved with groups and having a good support system. Mm -hmm. So I think that is amazing, amazing advice. So with, for the students that are listening, they're probably thinking, well, what are some groups that I should be looking for? Or how do I get connected with these groups? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can, you can, well, the Facebook, I don't know if you guys know about that place. There's this place called the Facebook. Never heard and of there, it. Yeah, never heard of it. But there's, there's a lot of groups to use. Um, I mean, uh, I coach with TLC for super teams, good group. Got it. You know, they have, they have student stuff. Most all, if you put in chiropractic practice management group, most all of them are going to have a student version. Um, mm -hmm. Most all of them are going to have a Facebook page to start with where you can start meeting people. Um, I meet a ton of people in Black Diamond Club. I know that's where I met John. Um, so that's how we got to know each other. Um, there's so many groups that are out there. Um, you know, who else? I don't know. Uh, I mean, you got, I mean, Shubal Vision's out there. Danny Knowles' uh, practice is out there. What is his uh, inner circle is out there. Um, oh, so I mean, there's a ton. Even up here in New Jersey, you know, supporting New Beginnings. Yeah, I mean, I go, you know, New Beginnings, finding events. I do New Beginnings, which is nice. Mm -hmm. They have, uh, so that's a philosophy event where it's a lot of 20-minute philosophy talks. You'll get some continuing ed if you need it. Um, mm -hmm. I do Mile High out in California, uh, California, Colorado. Colorado. Um, I've done the Berkshires, which started in Massachusetts in February, and then they moved it to Puerto Rico, much better weather. Mm -hmm. Yep, we uh, did that last year. That was awesome. Oh yeah, it's tremendous. Was... Um, I haven't been to Cal Jamma here. That's a really good one. And again, mm -hmm. start regionally, see what chiropractic events are in your area. Um, and there's usually some, some pretty big ones that are, that's probably going on. I mean, there's so many events, it's hard to keep up with it. Yeah. Um, there are state associations, which would love to hear about students. I will say this about most every chiropractor in the world. They love students. And so mm -hmm. just call one up and say, hey, I'm thinking about going to chiropractic school. And where are the places that you hang out? And a lot of docs will bring you along uh, for the weekend, even pay for you to go. So uh, yeah. most of those events, like a New Beginnings, a Mile High, a DE, um, Sherman has Lyceum, you have Parker Seminars. I mean, there's so many. They usually have a student rate as it is. Mm -hmm. um, so usually you get to go probably for free. I know in... Uh, People are interested in Sherman College, www.sherman.edu slash showcase. We put on three events, three weekends a year where um, students uh, will pay for your travel and you get to come down for free and check out the school. Um, probably every chiropractic college has some version of that. And I would say, look at them all. I mean, now that, now that everybody's probably developed virtual tours because of COVID, mm -hmm. don't just go to a school because it's in your backyard. And so look at them all and see which one jives with you the most and then go to that school. Um, 
because there's a lot of, I mean, there's what, 16 or so, 18 in the country, as far as the US, we can certainly go overseas. But now that everybody's probably got a virtual tour, boy, I'm gonna go see these three or four that I really like, and then go check it out because all it is is three and a half years out of your life and then you go back to wherever you're coming from anyway. Um, but you want to get the best education that's going to serve you. Exactly. Of and course, Sherman College of Chiropractic. <laughs> well, speaking of which, tell us about what you teach at Sherman. So Sherman, I teach, uh, I, I'm in two departments. I'm in the philosophy department. I teach um, philosophy two, which is a class centered around the 33 principles um, found in Stevenson's textbook. And then I also teach what we call a patient education, but it's a day one, day two of the Sherman version of it, of how it's going to work in our health center, uh, let alone when you're in practice, things are a little bit different. Then I teach media communications, which is how to get people's um, information out, all the different ways that you can do it. And then I'm the uh, chair of the business education department. So at Sherman, every quarter that you're at school right now, you're going to get a piece of the business education. So um, everything from finding your why and doing the foundational things like just write down three gratitudes a day, right? Write down what's one thing I can do for one person. Starting there and then working your way all the way through reverse audits, uh, forward audits, how to strategically financially plan for your office, write your business plan and everything. So that's what I'm involved with. And that's huge because back when I went to Life, and I, you know, Life was very philosophically grounded. Dr. Sid was there when I went, but we did not have business courses. We had one near the end. It was, you know, really just draw up what you thought your office was going to look like, a letter you would write to the bank. And that was the extent of it. So I wish I had that background. So that's fantastic that Sherman's doing that. Well, every, every, and if anybody's a chiropractor on here, you've, you've at least been given this survey. You may not have taken it. NYCC, I believe, New York Chiropractic College puts out a survey to all new graduates. And basically it was, what was your experience at school? And, and what do you wish you had more of? And it's not even close where people talk about business. Now, the hard part about us with the students is they think business is only about PVA, DVA. Well, you know, just because you're good with numbers, if you don't do all that foundational stuff, again, going back to why my why was important, going back to having a vision board or a storyboard, where do I want to go? I mean, even if I take a trip, I at least put the coordinates in my GPS and then I've got the map to go. That's a storyboard. Um, if, if people uh, Google um, corporate storyboards, all the big corporations have it as far as storyboards and vision boards. So it's a great exercise. And then it's, it's being really good about how to communicate with people. And I'll hear this from students. Well, I want the conversation to be organic. And it's like, what I hear there is you don't want to practice anything and you're just going to talk in circles. You're going to spend 15 minutes and you're not going to get anything out. And yeah. so, so we want them to have all the scriptings that they can. We want them to be able to hire and fire staff, hopefully do a lot more hiring than firing. Um, all those bits and pieces that you have to do to run. I mean, inherently each individual thing that we have to do in our businesses is not difficult but it's you juggle a whole bunch of chainsaws and so mm -hmm. there's just a lot of them in the air and having a good uh foundation we can't we're not going to teach you to be a, an mba when you get out of school but we're going to give you how to run a chiropractic practice a really good foundation um, when you get out and that's so important because so many people graduate thinking i'm just going to hang up my shingle and people are going to come flooding in and right. they don't think beyond that. And when it doesn't happen, 
they start mm-hmm. panic mode. I mean, I can't tell you how many colleagues I have who work Home Depot now and gave right. up practicing because they just couldn't do it. They didn't have that foundation and didn't know where to look for it. They didn't want to go back and get an MBA. And well, I, yeah, I hear on, um, on the Facebook because people will be like, well, all they said at Sherman was to hang your shingle. And I, I just come back at him and said, who told you that? Because I'm going to go talk to them right now. And it turns out it usually was nobody. And, and I'm telling you, future students, you can't just hang your shingle, which is your sign, and then people are going to flood to it. So um, we're working real hard with um, how do we get the students to meet strangers? Because to start with, most of the time when you're in clinic, uh, let me get my friends and my family, and then mm-hmm. depending on however many people I need to meet my requirements, I'll find somebody. Um, well, what if we get them how to meet strangers, you know, given that they have a pretty rigorous schedule, so they don't go out maybe as much as they'd like to, but we can still um, work something out. We find out who their ideal client, their target market is. We'll go create stuff there, pull those strangers in. Now you see which one of these do I like practicing with mm-hmm. the most, you know, over your time in clinic. And then we could say, great, now we can structure how your marketing campaign is going to be when you're um, in, you know, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So I think that's a big thing that was missing because in the old days when we all went to school, I was always told, just take your spine and walk up and down Main Street. Yeah. (laughs) And that might have worked with Reggie Gold back in the day because people had nothing to do. And so let me go talk to this strange man. And then Reggie was as good at it. Well, now everybody's highly distracted. And so now you're just seen as a weirdo, I think, and people go by. So we work really hard with how do we create relationships around town with the, 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 you know, the coffee shops that we go, the, the grocery stores, the gyms, the whatever it is, because um, students, I think, go out more than they realize. And at those places, get to know those people and uh, getting them under chiropractic care. And guess what? They're going to do all the referring for you, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, and now you, you get, because when you get in practice, more often, it's kind of like Cutco knives, right? You'll sell a few sets really in a hurry because you know a few people, but now all of a sudden, who, how do you go out and meet people? And right. that's one of the bigger things that we're trying to do with the students. Yeah. I always feel like with students, because I work with a lot of students, as you know, I always feel like they're in a, in a race, a rush to get done or a rush to get through clinic or a rush to hit their numbers. And I know for myself, when I look back, I wish exactly like you said, I wish I had spent more time in treating student and outpatient clinic, like it as if it was more of like my own practice Mm -hmm. and, you know, really learning how to communicate and develop relationships and, um, and communication is, you said it, communication is everything. I mean, we have a big job in chiropractic to, um, to share our message around the world for humanity and, you know, you, you have to be able to take a person from, you know, back pain, neck pain into chiropractic lifestyle in three minutes, you know, you got three or four minutes and and, and that's a skill that doesn't happen organically. So thanks for bringing that up. And our, our, our talk with the students is normally because they, in their defense, and this is the hard part about teaching more business because that's more hours for the students to study. They're in the middle of, you know, they're doing a lot of this foundational stuff, which is important. And that's usually during the quarters they're getting ready for part one of the boards. So you're taking all of your biochemistry, you're taking micro whatever's anything with a whole bunch of syllables, you're going to be taking that stuff. And, and so that's tough because all the student wants to do, and at Sherman, it's the quarter system. So every 11 weeks, we turn over and get new material. So 
the students are just getting blasted with a fire hose of information. I think on the most part, they'll be like, yeah, that's important. I just don't have time now because I'm just trying to survive these other classes. And so that's the challenge that they have to overcome that stuff. Um, okay. And so we yeah. just got to get through it somehow and, and getting through it together. So that's our challenge as the institution is understanding that some of the things that we've done lately is um, COVID has been a bit of a blessing because now we have more classes that there's more online time. So we're doing what's called the flipped concept where traditionally, if I, we were going to meet three hours a week live, we only meet one hour a week or two hours a week now. But what you're going to do at home is you're going to go ahead and watch the material. So there's going to be a video. So you see the material is going to be a PDF. There'll be some assignment. And then my job then is to construct real life situations, certainly in, in the classes that I teach. So here's how this applies in real life. So it's kind of like if you came to my lecture, here's the lecture. And then we've got five or 10 minutes to really get into the meat, to really get into the practicality of it. Now, if you've watched the videos, we can get right into making this thing as practical as possible. And for my classes, the discussions have been way better um, than they had for six years previously. So that's some of the things that we can do to try to alleviate the students just sitting in class all day long. So it's tough on them. I mean, it's, it's anywhere you go, chiropractic school is going to be hard because it's super rigorous and you got to get through the boards in order to use all these businessy things. So it's just that it, it's, that's what I'm finding. It's tough that I don't want to work on this right now. I get it, but you need to and, right. and just yeah. pass and move on. That's what I tell them all the time. Nobody, I had a decent GPA and nobody's asked me it. So whatever. <laughs> Me neither. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> and I worked hard for that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> cool. Um, well, John, I have one more question and then sure. I'll let you ask, I'll let you ask the last question, the wrap which up. I think is the probably the most important question. <laughs> um, but Dr. Brian, you know, being out for John and I, we're in practice and um, I know over the last you know, five to 10 years, I've been interviewing for associates. So I take associates on in, in my practice. John, do you take associates on in your practice? I do not, no. Um, and over the last five to six years for myself, it's becoming more difficult to find associates that are ready to practice. Hmm. But in the past year, I've found students from Sherman that are significantly different than students from other colleges. Mm -hmm. And they're very well prepared for practice. So kudos to whatever you guys are doing at Sherman. So, and I'm gonna tread lightly on the question, but what do you think, and let's just take one for the sake of time, but what do you think is the major difference in Sherman that we're seeing students that are actually coming out of school and they're they're very well prepared in their philosophy. Um, they're very well prepared in their hands. They have great hands. They're very well prepared in their adjusting skills. Um, and they have, they do have a base, a foundation of knowledge in, in, in coming out and communicating with, with patients. Mm -hmm. So what's like the one thing that, that maybe we need to look at to say, we need to start reproducing this in other, in other institutions 
I think for us, and I can't speak for the other institutions, what I'm most proud of and the reason why I'm actually teaching at Sherman mm -hmm. is because it's holding true to what chiropractic philosophy actually is. Mm -hmm. And so when students come to school, they're going to get philosophy one, two, and three. And so they're going to be, you know, philosophy one's a general overview. Philosophy two is going to be um, uh, the 33 principles. And then philosophy three is more of a practical, how do you use it? Then we also, so believe it or not, the two classes I mentioned, which is like the day one, day two class I teach and the media communications, those aren't business classes. Those are philosophy classes. Mm -hmm. So that when the students um, develop their scripts and develop their content of how they're going to market and communicate themselves, it's coming through me, which means it's coming through a lens or graded through a lens of, okay, but is it matching up with chiropractic philosophy? And so I think that's one of the things uh, that we do super well. I know at Sherman, as soon as you get on campus, you're putting your hands on people. And so every quarter, you're putting your hands on people, putting your hands on people. And you are, you set up, you set up, you set up, uh, you exercise, you do all the little things that we have to do to be good adjusters. So that when you first make that thrust, the making the thrust is not hard. But the fact that it's a properly applied thrust, it's the you know, line of drive is as correct as it can be, so that it is the most gentle yet complete adjustment uh, that human can receive. Mm -hmm. That's where all, to me, that's where all the work is. So, so we watch in philosophy too something called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. And if you like, you like sushi? Yes. Love it. All right. Well, then watch it. It's a movie. You got to read it because it's in Japanese. But he's, um, what he does is he's got a sushi restaurant in Japan, and that's all he cooks there. So they talked to the, the, the apprentices that were there. And listen, three and a half years of chiropractic college isn't bad. To be an apprentice under this guy is a 10-year program. So, wow. But all they did, like the first couple of years, like all this guy did was the one apprentice was made egg sushi, which was like the easiest one, right? So that's what we're going to do when people get on campus. We are going to start absolutely with the basics and bring people along so that when it's time to make that first thrust, it's the most effective um, thrust that you can possibly make. And in our clinic, and this may turn some people off, all we do is check and adjust people. So when you're in your clinic doing your thing, you are checking and adjusting, checking and adjusting, checking and adjusting, checking and adjusting. So that when you get out, you have a ton of uh, spinal exams under your, under your belt and you have a ton of adjustments under your belt so no matter where you are, you're ready to go. Awesome. And I see that. That's I have beautiful. A, yeah, I have a Sherman grad right now as my associate. And she's phenomenal, man. She just, whatever you guys are doing in Sherman, keep doing. She's amazing. Good. Uh, wonderful. That's Dr. Leandra, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's great. So, and it's fun to see. You know, and uh, I will pat our, uh, our, ourselves on the back. It's just fun to see these people come out and just absolutely change lives. Um, it's so fun. And it, chiropractic, in my opinion, stands on its own. Uh, I don't believe in the word chiropractic medicine. I don't believe we're an adjective. And I'm not putting down medicine. Medicine's medicine. Uh, when my dad had to have his gallbladder taken out because he had stones and gangrene, I'm glad a medical doctor was there to do it. Me toggling his atlas wasn't going to help. Uh, in that case. So, but I just loving chiropractic and it's, it's so cool to see these kids come out. I'm so thankful that um, she's worked out up there. It was, uh, I think what, cause we'll, we'll, um, we'll break the secret. I go see Dr. Nicole when I'm on vacation. 
up in Long Beach <laughs> Island and, and to walk, hey, all right, there's because I think you might have said Leandra and it just never dawned on me till I saw who it was. So I was very excited to see her up there and I'm so glad she's working out. Yeah, she's amazing. For um, Before I let John uh, wrap up here, one other thing I thought to ask you is for the doctors that are in practice hmm? who are looking for associates, can you put out a... Um, a contact just real quick of who they should contact at Sherman to get a potential associate or how would they do uh, that? I would say easiest thing to get it started is send uh, something to me. So B Dooley, so B D O O L E Y at Sherman.edu. I'll be more than happy to get the process rolling. Typically we do a lot of that through our student affairs department. Things that we've started doing recently is our students have a, a, not a job board, but they have a, a, a Sherman Student Times, which is kind of like a newspaper. So what we've started doing is we can do interviews on there with a the doctor that they can say, this is the type of student I'm looking for. This is the type of practice I have. So if you're interested in that, so those are super easy things we can do on the Facebook um, that we can make happen. So I would just have uh, reach out to me and we'll get you in touch and, and um, um yeah, get your job announcement out there and all over the place. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. Sure. So be before I wrap it up with the last question, I will say next time you're up in LBI, the three of us need to get together, go to How You Brewing, yeah. grab a coffee and just hang out and chat. Which is maybe the coolest name for a coffee shop I've ever met. Absolutely. How You Brewing. How you brewing? <laughs> Forget all right. about it. All right. So last question. If you had one piece of advice for current chiropractic students, what would it be? Um... I think one piece of advice is, is, is just keep the eye on the prize. I know how difficult it is because I see it every day. And there are days that it's overwhelming. There are days that it stinks. Have a mentor in school, somebody that you can actually uh, just vent and get the stuff out. Um, and, and just know that, that the piece of advice is it's worth it. It's worth what you're going through. Because when when if it's not us, who's it going to be? I mean, it's a pretty sick world out there. And when you're able to see the changes in moms and dads and babies and, and see a healthier community, um, it's so terribly worth it. And it's hard to see when you're in chiropractic school. It's hard to see the 10,000 foot view. Um, but try as much as you can and get your hands on a lot of spines. So, so like for the docs, like Dr. Nicole that needs somebody, the more hands that you get on it, honor that you need to be an artist um, to getting out of school. So you need to practice your philosophy, you need to know your science, and then you need to work on your art all the time. And it's so terribly worth it. We have absolutely the best profession on the planet. Um, I, I can't think, like I said, I've been, to a, I've been to a whole bunch of them, done some cool things, but this is by far the best one that I've ever done. So uh, I think that's my best piece of advice. It's so worth it, keep your eye on the prize, get lots of mentors, and I know that's not one piece, um, but that's okay. I'm taller than you two, and I'll say what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I think John might have froze there. Great advice, John. There he goes. I was so good, I rendered him speechless. <laughs> yeah, I froze too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was awesome. So I guess we're going to probably wrap up now. What do you think, Nicole? Anything else? That was, I think we should end on that note. That was awesome advice. Cool. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Brian. We appreciate you sharing with us your time, your wisdom, and hope to do it again. 
Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited because in, uh, let's see, an hour and 20 minutes, I get to practice. So that'll be kind of fun. All right. So it's Yay. a good way to start the afternoon. And uh, half of the day I'm at Sherman, the other half I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. And so uh, it, it's an honor to be asked. And so definitely we'll get some coffee next time I get up there, which is we're coming in the middle of June. Perfect. Cool. I'll make the so drive down. Yeah. Pork roll, egg and cheese. Here we come. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> the one time a year. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Whenever I can get one. <laughs> That's why right, we have guys. a new system. Innate intelligence will take care of the pork roll. <laughs> That's right. It's my philosophy too. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to take us off here. So give me just a second.